Uh, Let's continue in prayer now as we prepare to open the word. And adoration and praise. Lord, you are great. You are mighty. You are the lamb and the lion that we sung about earlier. Father, we are so thankful to be called your children. And we pray in this hour that you would be glorified and that your name would be made great. And Lord, that you would uh, mobilize us and nudge us by your spirit to go out later today and be keepers of your commandments. Jesus, you said, the person who loves me will obey my commands. And so we want to be obedient to you. But Lord, we need your enablement and your power and your help to do that, and you have provided it by your Spirit. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your entire plan and purpose in this world. And may we, as we now open your word, uh, see um, our part this week uh, in the kingdom and and how we can be uh, uh, obedient to this command, this fifth command in the ten words. So help us now, Lord. Be with us strongly and and in, in your might Uh, Change us for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning in our series of sermons on the ten words, we come to the fifth word, which is the command to honor father and mother. We recognize off the top today that in this sanctuary right now, there are several different circumstances represented as far as our parents are concerned. For example, I'm a person who was raised by two biological parents, but now only one of my parents remains alive. There are others here today who lost both parents long ago or who lost both parents recently, like my wife did. But others among us are younger. We still live at home with both biological parents. Others of us moved away from our parents long ago. Some others among us were adopted, and you've never met your biological parents. Still others among us were raised by a single parent or were orphaned, having no parents, while others among us have a great deal of pain attached to the word parent uh, because of abuse that perhaps we suffered at the hands of a parent. And so there are many different situations in any congregation when it comes to parents, and we recognize that off the top. But the point in all of this is that for some of us, the commandment to honor mom and dad will be relatively easy to hear and relatively easy to try and apply. But for others of us, it may be hard to hear and perhaps almost impossible to apply, depending on our situation. Whatever the case, I have been praying this week in my study that somewhere in this morning's sermon, somewhere in the sermon, that you will hear God's encouragement to you to go out later today and live as a better disciple for the glory of God. And so I encourage you to listen well. There may be something here for you. Now, 
I want you to think of your belly button for a minute. How's that for a, a switch? Our belly buttons are a constant reminder to us that our life has come as a gift. That if not for our parents working as instruments of God, we would not be here right now listening to this sermon. Mom and dad are basic to our existence. And in the ancient Near East, where the fifth commandment was first revealed, there was, generally speaking, a very high regard for parents. Mom and dad were worthy of special honor, dignity, and respect. The fifth word of the ten words in Exodus 20, verse 12, is this. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Our very first relationship in life is with our parents or parents. Our very first social relational encounter in life is with our parents. And it's that relationship where we first begin to form our attitude toward authority. It's in that relationship where we first learn what it takes to get along with other human beings. And as Maxie Dunham has put it in his commentary on Exodus, he says, unless people learn to live together in the family, they aren't likely to learn to get along with anybody anywhere. We might put it like this, that the relationship of human beings to their parents is really fundamental to human society. As the family goes, so goes human society. Now, as we begin to consider the fifth word itself, an important thing to point out is this that it's clear that the primary audience of all the ten words is an adult audience. For example, adults are addressed in the fourth word. Somebody's parent is calling them. (laughs) Adults are addressed in the fourth word. So in other words, only adults would be in a position to ensure that their male and female servants took Sabbath. And the sixth word, to not murder, well, that also seems like a pretty adult concern, murder. As does the seventh word, to not commit adultery. Adult concerns. And in the tenth word, only an adult would be told to refrain from coveting his neighbor's wife. The primary audience of the ten words is an adult audience, and the same applies, friends, to the fifth word. The primary audience of this fifth commandment to honor mother and father is an adult audience, not as much an audience of pre-adult children, Although, of course, the commandment still applies to pre-adult children. 
It will help us, I think, to consider this, that in the ancient Near East, where this fifth word was given, it was common, listen, to have three or even four generations of family members living together under the same roof, which is very different than the typical Canadian uh, nuclear family we have today who live under one roof with two parents and 2.4 children. By contrast, in the ancient Near East, you had parents and their children living under one roof, but you also had the parents' parents living there, and in some cases, even the parents' parents' parents. So three or four generations living together. So that, and this is important, the fifth commandment would be applicable to the 45-year-old adult who lived under the same roof with his 70-year-old parent, It would be applicable to the 60-year-old adult who lived under the same roof with his 90-year-old parent, not to mention the 12-year-old who lived with her 35-year-old mom and dad. So in its original context, the fifth word had a broad scope about it. Its target was not just the pre-adult child who lived with his or her parents. Now... The operative term in the fifth commandment is that word, honor. Honor your father and your mother. The word in the original Hebrew text has to do with weightiness or heaviness. So there are a few places in scripture where the same Hebrew root appears in adjectival form, and it means heavy or weighty. For example, Eli was a large, heavy man, 1 Samuel 4.18. Same root as we have here in Exodus 20, verse 12. Or 2 Samuel 14.26, Absalom weighed his heavy hair. Again, same root as we have in Exodus 20, verse 12. Or Genesis 13, verse 2. Abraham was, it literally says, very heavy in terms of livestock, silver, and gold. Usually it's translated as rich, but it means heavy. It's the same root again that we have in Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 12. So that we might say this, to honor father and mother is to regard them as heavy. To regard them as heavyweights. Not in the sense that we're to regard mom and dad as each being uh, 350 pounds. But in the sense that they are to be revered and respected as significant and valuable. It's like this. If we say... See that guy over there? He carries a lot of weight in this community. What do we mean? We mean when we say that, that this guy is regarded as important, right? He's regarded as being highly esteemed in the community. That's the idea. Parents, both mom and dad equally, notice in the command, mom and dad equally are to be esteemed and regarded as weighty 
in that sort of a way, as deserving of respect because, after all, they are our parents. And what we notice in our verse is that God chose to use this specific word, honor, rather than the word, obey. He might have said, obey your father and mother, but he said, honor your father and your mother. Now, in Ephesians 6, verse 1, and in Colossians 3, verse 20, as the Apostle Paul is addressing children, Paul does say, obey your parents. But here in the fifth word, God uses the word honor. Now, do you know that it's actually easier to obey than it is to honor? Listen, you can obey somebody while harboring hatred for that person. You can grit your teeth and obey even while you feel inside a great disdain or a contempt for the person that you are obeying. But you can't honor someone and hate them at the same time. Honoring is a heart attitude. Honoring is actually more difficult than obeying. Honoring involves obeying, but honoring is broader than obeying. And do notice something here that's also very important. Note very well that the emphasis in this fifth word, this is so important, the emphasis here is on the responsibility of children. Whether those children are 8 years old, 40 years old, or 60 years old. The responsibility is on pre-adult children and on adult children here. And that responsibility on the children is to honor parents or esteem parents as heavyweights. That's where the emphasis is. The emphasis, listen, is not, and this is very important, the emphasis is not on any right that parents have to exercise authority. The emphasis, again, is on the children's responsibility, not on any parental right. There are parents who have used the fifth commandment to lord it over their children. They've used the fifth commandment as a sort of tool to say to their kids, I'm the authority around here, so give me the respect that I deserve. But again, friends, the emphasis of the fifth word we need to know very well is not on parental authority. It's rather on the responsibility that children have to honor their mom and dad. And we need to keep the focus where the focus is. This verse must never be taken as a license or an excuse for parents to lord it over their kids. Are you with me? Now, if we want to talk about parental authority, if we want to talk about parental responsibility in the home and what that looks like biblically, there are many other places in Scripture that we might go, like Proverbs chapter 4, where the responsibility of a father in the home is to guide a child in the way of God's wisdom. 
or Deuteronomy chapter 6, where parents are to teach their children the word of God, or Ephesians chapter 6, where fathers are commanded to not provoke their children to anger and to bring their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. But here at Exodus 20, verse 12, the focus is squarely on the responsibility of progeny, of children at all ages. We need to keep the focus where God has the focus. Honor your father and mother. What does it look like to honor mom and dad? In positive terms, what does it look like? What does it look like to esteem mom and dad as heavyweights? To respect and to revere mom and dad? Well, scripture says many things in this regard. Probably one of the key things is that we are to hear and to heed mom and dad's teaching and instruction, as it says several times in the book of Proverbs. Consider these verses with me just for a moment. Proverbs 1, verses 8 and 9 says this. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Or Proverbs 23, verse 22 Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Or Proverbs 6, verses 20 and 21. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. One of the most obvious ways that children honor their parents is by hearing and heeding their parents' instruction. Now, as we move into adult years, so we move out of our formative years, we move out of our parents' home, perhaps, to start our own family, perhaps, well, then the application of the fifth word begins to move away from obeying our parents more to supporting and caring for our aging parents. So there's a shift in how we apply the fifth word, depending on where we're at in life. As a 49-year-old man with three children of my own, the primary way that I now honor my mother is by not only showing her the respect that she is due, because she's my mom, but by practically caring for her and supporting her in whatever way I can. And in fact, in 1 Timothy 5, Paul says something pretty direct there about caring for and supporting your relatives. Listen to what he says in 1 Timothy 5.8. He says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let me read that to you again. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You see, God puts a high priority on caring for and supporting our relatives. Well, we've talked just a little bit here about what it looks like to honor mom and dad in a positive sense. 
The flip side of the coin is the negative side. What does it look like to dishonor mom and dad? What does it look like to esteem parents lightly or to esteem them without due reverence, without due respect? Scripture provides several examples of children who dishonored their parents, who rebelled against their parents. Uh, As examples from Scripture, we think of Eli's sons, who, according to 1 Samuel 2.25, did not listen to the voice of their father. Or we think of Absalom rebelling so violently against his father David. Or we think of Noah's son, Ham, one of the best names in the Bible. How Ham brought dishonor to Noah. And we think further of Jacob. Jacob who lied about his identity to his father Isaac. There are many examples in the Bible of children who brought dishonor to their parents. And scripture is very clear that to dishonor mom and dad is an entirely serious matter. Consider, won't you, that in the Torah, so in God's law, the death penalty was pronounced over you if you perform certain dishonorable actions toward your parents. The death penalty. For example, Deuteronomy 21, verses 18 through 21. The child who rebelled stubbornly against his or her parents, refusing to listen to mom and dad even after receiving their discipline, that child was to be stoned to death. Or Exodus 21.15, the child who struck his mother or father was to be put to death. Or Leviticus 20, verse 9, the child who cursed his mother or father was to be executed as well. Other texts in Scripture forbid stealing from mom and dad. That's Proverbs 28.24 as well as mocking and scorning mom and dad. That's Proverbs 30, verse 17. Deuteronomy 27, 16 is perhaps a summary statement. It says, cursed, cursed. That's the word there, cursed. Be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother, and all the people shall say amen. So God reveals to us in no uncertain terms that honoring mom and dad is vitally and crucially important. In fact, it is a matter, friends, of mission. For ancient Israel, who first received the fifth word, it was essential that they get this right, to honor mom and dad to ensure the health and the well-being of the family unit. And why? Well, because God's plan to redeem the world had Israel at its center, and Israel was made up of family units. Israel was obligated, obligated to maintain strong and healthy family units and thereby to maintain national unity for the sake of God's redemptive plan. 
honoring mom and dad in the home would play a major part in the very plan of God. It was a matter of mission. Now, of course, the question usually comes up when we consider the fifth word of the ten words. Well, what happens, pastor, when parents act and behave in ways toward their children that are clearly ungodly? What if parents demand from their children ungodly behavior? What if parents are leading us away from God by their words and their actions and their suggestions? Are children still obliged in that case to honor mom and dad? The bottom line in this matter is this. I want you to listen carefully. That biblically speaking, respect for earthly parents is not absolute. I want to say that one more time. Biblically speaking, respect for earthly parents is not absolute. What is absolute or what must take ultimate priority is respect and reverence and love for God. Listen to Jesus Christ our Lord in Matthew 10, verse 37. Jesus here talks about our highest love, where the focus of our highest and greatest, most passionate love must always be. Jesus says, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Our ultimate allegiance, friends, the ultimate place of our honor is to God. And if push comes to shove and an earthly parent is leading us into sin, leading us away from God, then, as Acts 5.29 says, we must obey God rather than men. J.V. Fesco says it like this. He says, a child may reach a point at some time in life when he puts Christ before parents for the greater obedience of God. Typically, he says, when an earthly authority usurps the supreme authority of Christ, we must follow Jesus rather than man. Or as John Calvin put it, if parents spur us or if they encourage us to transgress God's law, we have a perfect right to regard them not as parents, but as strangers who are trying to lead us away from obedience to our true father. All right. I want to come back for a moment to our text, to Exodus 20. Verse 12, honor your father and mother, and then notice the last part, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, several commentators on the book of Exodus have pointed out that this latter part of the verse, where we have this promise of long life in the land of Canaan, this should be understood as applying not to the individual Israelite as much, as to Israel as a whole. 
The promise of long life in the land is here given to the nation of Israel as a corporate body of people. And what God is saying is that honoring his commands would mean that the nation would enjoy long life in the land of Canaan, while on the flip side, disobedience would mean that their very presence in the land would be brought into jeopardy if they disobeyed. And what we see is this. Over in Ezekiel chapter 22, there is a laundry list of covenant violations that are given there, a list of the sins that Israel committed that led to their eventual expulsion from the land that God had given them. And one of the factors that is listed there that led to Israel's exile out of the land was, you guessed it, the dishonor of mom and dad. Ezekiel 22.7 lists treating mom and dad with contempt as one reason among several reasons that God removed Israel out of their land. How seriously does God take the honor of mom and dad? He takes it seriously enough to warrant expulsion from the land when the commandment was violated. Well, long after Solomon's temple was destroyed in that moment of exile, Israel would return to the land and they would build the second temple. And it's, the, it's in that era of the second temple when Jesus was born into the world. And friends, where the fifth commandment is concerned, Jesus showed perfect obedience where Israel had failed. Jesus said, explicitly he said in John 8:49, I honor my father. And in what ways did Jesus honor his heavenly father? Well, Jesus himself noted in John 8:29 that he always did things that were pleasing to his father. Boy, I wish my three kids could say that. (laughs) Jesus always, always, without fail, did the things that were pleasing to his father. Among many other things, Jesus spent 40 grueling days fasting in the wilderness where he never swayed a single millimeter from the will of his father, despite the harassments and the pressures of Satan. In the wilderness temptation, Jesus perfectly honored his father. And when in the Garden of Gethsemane, the father had given his son that awful cup to drink, do you remember that moment? Jesus did what? He honored his father in that most excruciating and difficult moment. Jesus followed the will of his Father there instead of his own will. And of course, this was connected to the ultimate instance of Christ's obedience to his Father, his self-sacrifice on the cross. Philippians 2 verse 8 rejoices, doesn't it? 
it rejoices that Jesus was, and the word that's used there is, Jesus was obedient. Obedient to who? To his Father. Obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Nobody honors his Father like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And where honoring earthly parents is concerned, Jesus shines like nobody else. In Mark chapter 7, there were some Pharisees who had come along and they'd been saying that all of the money that they had was Corban. Corban is an Aramaic term that essentially means this. All our money is dedicated solely to God and to the temple. So a person could pledge all his financial resources to the temple, thereby avoiding any responsibility to support financially his aging parents. And even if you didn't come through on your pledge, you could still do it. Jesus comes along in Mark 7, and he challenges this practice. In Mark 7, verse 10, Jesus quotes the fifth word to the Pharisees, and then Jesus expresses his displeasure with what the Pharisees were practicing with this Corban business. Jesus chastised the Pharisees for violating the fifth commandment. He wondered how it could possibly be that a person could say, I'm serving God while at the same time not caring for his or her parents. Serving God while dishonoring parents did not add up. Jesus upheld the fifth commandment there in Mark 7, and in so doing, he challenges those of us who have aging parents. The question I think we have to ask ourselves is this question. We're North Americans. Let's ask ourselves this question. And the question is, is all my time and all my money being devoted to the pursuit of a certain lifestyle for myself so that I have little time and little resources left to offer support where it's needed to my aging parent or parents? My parent or parents who sacrificed so very much for me when they raised me. Some of us need to think very carefully, especially you, my 35 and 45 and 55-year-old friends, and I'm in that neighborhood too. We need to think very carefully about our duties, biblically, to our aging parents. Well, another way that Jesus displays his respect and his reverence for his own earthly parents is by what he does, listen, even as he hangs bleeding on the cross. In the very moment when Jesus was dying, the blood is dripping from his wrists and his feet, and he's struggling to get breath. In that very moment, he notices that his mother, Mary, is present there at the cross. And Jesus notices also that his friend, John, is present Jesus says to his mother, to Mary, Woman, behold your son. And there Jesus is referring to John. And Jesus then says to John, Behold your mother. 
speaking of Mary. And then John 19.27 tells us that from that hour, John took Mary into his home. The point is, friends, that the dying Jesus, even as he was dying, made sure that provision was made for his aging mother. Jesus ensured just moments before he died that care and support for Mary would be in place after he was gone. Get that. Even while on the cross, Jesus was obeying the fifth word. Even as he died, Jesus was honoring his mother. Now we know, don't we, that in our day in 2019, in this New Testament era in which we live, that the dishonor of parents is still very much a problem in our world. We know that, right? In fact, Romans 1.30 tells us that one of the reasons that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven is that so many people remain disobedient to parents. It's right there in the text. And 2 Timothy 3.2 also says that one of the things that characterizes the last days is disobedience to parents. The breaking of the fifth word happens each and every day. But the church, okay, so now I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me. This is about you and I now. The church, believers in Jesus, you and I who are in union with the perfect son, Jesus, those of us who are in union with him, we are to be a beacon and we are to be a light and we are to be a vivid contrast in this world in terms of honoring parents, ensuring the dignity of parents, supporting parents, respecting parents. Christians are to be known for how they treat parents as heavyweights. As the church, we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus, according to Romans 8.29. And Jesus was the ultimate respecter of parents, both heavenly and earthly. We must be like Well, you say, Pastor, all this is well and good. But in my case, I no longer have parents. In reply, I say to you, you can still seek to obey the fifth word. First of all, God is your father. Amen? And you pray, when you pray, you pray, our father who is in heaven. Even without either earthly parent on the earth, you still obey the fifth word when you honor your Father in heaven in all that you say and do. And even further, Hebrews chapter 3 says that the church is, the word that's used there, the church is the household, the household of God. In other words, the church is the new family made up of believers in Jesus who come from every nation. We have sons in the church, and we have daughters in the church, and we have mothers in the church, and we have fathers in this new family. And the the mothers and the fathers of the church community deserve our honor. Amen? Which is why, for example, Paul told Timothy and Titus that younger men in the church are to respect and honor older men. 
So there is this aspect of the church honoring its older members. So we can practice obedience to the fifth word, even if we're among those who no longer have earthly parents, or if we are people who are estranged from our earthly parent or parents. Whatever our situation, I pray that we will be doers of the fifth word and not hearers only, that we would follow Jesus and honor our heavenly father by obeying the fifth word in the power that is supplied by his spirit. And may we rest also in this truth, that all of our violations of the fifth word, and we've all violated the fifth word, all our violations of this word have been covered in grace by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus has kept the fifth word perfectly on our behalf, and Jesus by his cross has also forgiven all of our violations of the fifth word. So because of his grace and his love toward us, may we seek to be doers of this word. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, in the ten words, we see great evidence of your heart. These are not just legislations, uh, dead words to be obeyed and followed. Lord, this is your heart for your people. And we know that if we keep your commandments in the power of the Holy Spirit, that we will flourish as human beings. May we never forget that, O God. And I pray this week, Lord, for somebody here who has heard the fifth word afresh and has been challenged by this to go out and um, honor either a biological parent, adoptive parent, a parent in the church, whoever it is, Lord, that that you would keep nudging uh, by your grace and keep uh, prompting and encouraging that person to be obedient. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the time we've had with you here this morning in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.